0: Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, we made it back once again to the corner of truth and courage. Thank you for joining us here today at Fortress of Faith. If you've not been listening this week, uh, you'll notice that we have a change in our opening music and also a change in our tagline during this pandemic this national crisis financial crisis that our country is going through it's caused me to stop to take a reflection and try to make sure that we are majoring on the majors and uh, folks when i came off the mission field i came back to call my country to repentance, to revival. And I began to see a judgment developing, and I still believe it is. Don't don't get me wrong. The Old Testament prophets, when they called God's people back to repentance, they would tell folk, if we don't straighten up, if we don't shape up, God's going to ship us out. He's raising up an enemy, and they're going to bring judgment and hardship and calamities and pain. We're not going to want to go there, so we better mend our ways. So they brought attention to where the pain could be coming from. Well, I've been doing that. Islam is where the pain, I think, will come from if we don't mend our ways. Folks, it is an ideology that's more despotic, more dangerous than Hitler ever was or more dangerous than Stalin ever was. And the reason why is because it has legal protection in our country, under the First Amendment because it's packaged as a religion. And therefore, we, we, we better realize this is a dangerous situation where Islam is at. But folks, that's not the main thing. That's the judgment. The real issue is our need for repentance and to return back to God, for God to revive our land once again. I think we got off path a little bit. And I, and I want us to get back to what is the vital thing, and that is national repentance. And I call for that because that's the doorway to revival. And if we're going to get serious about revival, we've got to stop talking about it and start doing the things that God tells us that we need to do in order for him to bring revival. God's given us a roadmap. He's given us a recipe for revival. And if we follow it, God's accountable to keeping to his covenants. And he's made a covenant here in a a fashion that if you'll do this, I'll do this. And we want him to do his part, which is to uh, hear our prayers, forgive our sins, and heal our lands, like he said he'll do in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. But he'll only do it when we do our four things. That's to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. And So, folks, I I, I replayed for you the broadcast we did a couple days ago, not because I really planned to. We had trouble with our uh, studio computer yesterday, and we weren't able to get out our program, and so we replayed that. But I, I wasn't too hurt and too upset about that because um, uh, we announced the start of a revival prayer room that you can join us virtually. You can do it uh, for those of you listening to us on the West Coast on KARI, my home station. It'll start at 9 a.m. For those uh, that are on the East Coast, it'll start at lunch at the lunch hour at 12 noon. And we're following what. Um, uh, what Lamphier did back in, in 1857, he was led of the Lord to call on people to give this hour, their lunch hour to the Lord in prayer and seek God for revival. And revival broke out in five cities in America. And it began because of what they call the businessman's lunch prayer rooms. And I'm calling upon people to join us virtually in this time, the lunch hour on the East Coast, 9 a.m. for those on on, um, uh, on the West Coast. And they can give that hour to prayer, and we've been doing it, and oh, what a blessed time it's been. Now, if you want to do this, you can join us by clicking on a link at our website, fortressoffaith.com. That's fortressoffaith.com. If you don't have access to a computer or a smartphone then you can call in there's a number that you can call we've got a few different number options to choose from if you're in canada or if you're in the united states and we'll be glad to we'll be glad to furnish that to you it's on our website at fortress or you can give us a call at our office 800-616-0082 that's 800-616-0082 one of the reasons our country's in trouble is because we've allowed the gospel to be watered down. The, the, the churches in America and in Canada and pretty much here in the Western world today have allowed humanism into their church, into their doctrines. And uh, the Bible says you're to be the salt of the earth. Well, salt, once it gets mixed with other compounds, it loses its saltiness. And as the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 that when that happens it's good for nothing and it's to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. And and I'm here to tell you that if we're ever going to see the power of God return back to us we've got to get back to the power and the the preaching of God's word instead of allowing worldliness to, to be mixed in. And as a result of of the doctrines of humanism coming into, into our congregations and into our theology, it has weakened the gospel message, and we've now made Jesus a sugar daddy, Jesus a, a a genie. God, turn to God; He'll make everything right for you. And this is because of the doctrine of humanism. Let me explain this to you here. This started in the nineteenth, uh, uh, in the nineteen hundreds. Humanism is a doctrine that basically says that the end of man, the, that all of it is the happiness of man. The reason for the existence, for our existence, is for man's happiness. And this has come into our churches. It started first in the liberal churches. A liberal church is someone, is a church that's not quite sure if there's a heaven and hell. They're not sure if that's really God's word, if the Bible is God's word. They're not really sure if that Jesus is, was born of a virgin or if he's really truly God incarnate they're not sure if God created the heaven and the earth now by the way, if you're in that kind of a church run get away from it that's not God's uh, God's church but these people still have their churches they believe that the Bible is good for morality that there's a benefit in having literature and homilies and liturgy and rituals and and they' they're not sure If they can get you saved, but they certainly can put springs on your wagon and make your trip more comfortable. They're going to make heaven on earth for you and make you happy while you're alive here on earth. That's the doctrine that they're going to preach. And as Paris Reed had said it so well, the essence of the liberalism of the liberal church is simply to put a little sugar in your bitter coffee on your journey to sweeten it up for a time. Then there's the other group, us fundamentalists, where I'm at. We've also allowed humanism to come into our churches and into our doctrine. Now, we're the group that does believe in the inspiration of God's Word. We do believe in the infallibility of the Bible. We believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. We do believe that God created the heavens and the earth in six days. We do believe that there is a heaven to be gained and a hell to be shunned. We do believe in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we make no apologies about that. But still, humanism has crept into our theology and into our gospel presentations, and when we give the salvation message, we've made Jesus a genie. Instead of trying to make your life better while you're here like the liberal will try to do, We try to make your life better for you when you die. The liberal says the end of religion is to make man happy while he's alive. The fundamentalist believes that the end of religion is to make man happy when he dies. Happiness of man, although that's a product that happens when you turn to Christ, when you do get saved, but it is not the major aim it's a byproduct not a prime product we need to start preaching the gospel as it really should be that a person should turn to christ not because he'll make your life better not because you have a hole in your life and he's the thing that will fill it and bring you joy and happiness no you need to turn to christ because you have a sin debt you are guilty of breaking god's law and you're in danger of the wrath of God falling on you and therefore you'll spend an eternity in hell and therefore you need a savior to save you. That's the gospel message, not preaching a chicken soup message to tickle your ears and to make you happy and feel good about yourself. No, my friends, Revival preaching, the type of preaching that brings revivals, and I've been studying this for for a number of years, but the preaching that brings revival, it causes men to fear and tremble before God and realize and awaken to to their wretchedness and to their enormities and their crimes that they've created, that they've committed before God, and they ought to tremble and fall at his feet and ask God to have mercy on them. I have a missionary friend. In in England and when he got saved he learned that you know when he got saved he didn't have to go to hell and he was praising God about that and it took him two weeks later that he actually learned not only does he not have to go to hell he also gets to go to heaven (laughs) and and boy that was even more exciting but the purpose of him getting saved wasn't that he that that he wouldn't have to go to hell and that's really the real reason why we should turn to Christ for salvation is not that there's a heaven to be gained, and that there's joy? Uh, for now, that's that's a result in it, yes. But the fact is, the truth of the matter is that we ought to get saved, is because uh, because we don't uh, we we don't want to go to hell. Now I've been criticized, and I'll continue to be criticized, I'm sure, because the liberals are out there, and those who think that well we need to package Jesus like and sell him like soap, he'll clean up their life. And if we because I was taught this in Bible college and I went to a good Bible college, but this was taught. If you can tell, you know, if you can sell Jesus like you sell soap, then you'll build a big church. Uh, uh, Folks, Jesus isn't just someone to clean you up. Uh, If they criticize fear evangelism, oh, fear evangelism will only last as long as the fear lasts. Well, then what are you offering? Fun evangelism, because that's what you're, you know, offering fun. Come to Jesus. He'll make it all fun for you. And uh, and if, if if it only lasts as long as the fear does on in, in, by your argument, then that applies to you, too. Then it'll only last as long as the fun lasts. Folks, I did buy into this early in my ministry. And I started watering down the gospel message a little bit, and I got tired of it. I got tired of it because people were getting saved, but they weren't being changed. They didn't have power over sin. And I'm here to tell you, God never saved anyone. He didn't change. We've become a new creature. You get transformed. That's the power of God. And oh, how we need to return back to it, folks. And we need a returning back to God. So I invite you to join us in prayer. If you're watching on Carrie, If you're watching us here today, this morning on KARI, uh, we're about ready to start our prayer room right now. If you can, join us at 12 noon Eastern time, nine o'clock Pacific time. Let's call out to God together and show him our sincerity.